Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. It's always really good to be with you. And we need your help in unenslaving America. It's not enough to listen, become more knowledgeable, and then act accordingly. That's important, but we need to help other people that may not know. And I, and I, if you're a Christian, I really think this is our great commission today to spread the word, not just to Jesus, but also to spread the word of what's happening, how you need to prepare, uh, how you need to cope with things that are coming our way. I think this is so important. So please share these broadcasts far and wide and any other broadcasts. I mean, Ted Brower, when Steve does his stuff and then our guest, he's going to be starting his own show soon. Um, Doug Thornton, former DHS agent. Uh, you know, when, when we do these shows and you go, hey, this was good. I got something out of this. Then please share them. Okay, absolutely. Please share them far and wide because I do think we have a duty to our fellow human being. Anyway, we're going to be talking about a number of things with Doug today uh, in the Doug and Dave Intel report, which is going to become a, well, we hope a relatively permanent feature here on the Common Sense Show, but the way things are going in society, I don't think you can use the word permanent. But we're going to talk about uh, uh, prep, prepping because of the shutdown that's probably coming in response to populist uprising. We're going to talk about how to prepare for losing your job because you refuse to take the vaccine. We're going to talk about the Biden administration, how they're purposefully destroying the country. This is not bumbling people. This is not bad democratic leadership. This is the deliberate destruction of the United States and the replacement with a communist empire. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about populism in general. So uh, welcome to our second installment of the Doug and Dave Intel Report. Doug, welcome back. Glad you're with us here. I'm glad we're doing this. I, I'm so glad you're unmasked now. Uh, we're a lot more free to talk about things, and, uh, and and I don't have to edit my comments when I accidentally use your name. <laughs> so, so it's really good to have you back. Um, but anyway, I know you wanted to start with, uh, with prepping, but before we go there, um, you're going to do a podcast, I understand, correct? You're going to do something in conjunction with Steve or Steve Quayle? Yes. Uh, hopefully soon I'll be joining Steve Quayle on uh, Global Star Radio, and uh, I will be doing some podcasting with him, and then uh, I'll be starting my own thing hopefully soon uh, in conjunction with that and also a YouTube page. So I will uh, make sure that I keep everyone abreast of what's going on. Uh, we'll have some really good content. I think everyone's going to like it. You're going to need to let me advise you on YouTube because I, I, I kind of know the ins and outs of what you can and cannot say knock on wood. Right. But I mean, so far I've navigated that and you have, you know what I do with YouTube. It's kind of interesting. I have my TV show, as you know, Doug, you've been on it many times where no holds barred. I mean, Katie bar the door. Here we come, and we get really good guests, and we get to go in depth. Mm -hmm. uh, radio, we're kind of the facsimile of that, but a lot of our, our TV shows now increasingly are using uh, audio, video, articles, graphics, pictures, and so that's really the cool thing about uh, the TV. Here on the radio side, we get to go in depth too with really good guests, but we don't have the the video component but we we kind of hit both genres but but youtube i look at it like this i do youtube presentations between four and ten minutes on average and i hit the novice topics i hit the here's the average news that's going on reaching the average person let me tell you what i think it really means based on what we know in other areas 
and that's how I use YouTube. And that way it's not offensive, they don't cancel my channel, but I'm still able to reach people who are relatively new to the movement. So that, that's how I do it. We're probably going to have to talk about the do's and don'ts because YouTube is highly erratic. And I do mean highly erratic and almost unpredictable. Um, and, but then we have the podcast too. So that that's what we do here. And I almost got to mention the website. And no holds barred there either in writing. So if you like to read stuff, and have documentation in front of you that's a good place too so i imagine you're going to probably hit most of those if not all of those at some point in time and um while doug's getting started we want to promote what he's doing we're going to run his stuff up on our website so when he does um, an entry into something we're going to put it right here on the commonsenseshow.com website pretty cool huh yeah dave yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. We're, we're going to try and hit as many avenues of this as possible, uh, you know, try and get the word out there as much as possible. There's not a lot of guys like me right no. now with my background who's recently come out of the field uh, that will openly speak their mind, and I understand why a lot of guys won't openly speak their mind. They, you know, they like the uh, the retirement, and uh, they like their jobs currently, uh, so I, I can completely understand that, but for me... And I think this, uh, what I say, goes out to all law enforcement. You're eventually going to cross that ethical, moral uh, boundary line, that road, that line in the sand, that 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 real thin road. And you're going to have to cross it, or you're going to have to stop and take another look and find another direction. And for me, I've already hit that. I decided, you know, screw this. This isn't this isn't for me. Uh, you know, I, I did everything faithfully fulfilling the duties of what I was given for all the missions I've been on. And, uh, you know, now is the point where we have a completely tyrannical government, which is going to go right into what we're speaking with. And, uh, it's breaking our entire system down. And, uh, you know, what we see right now is not really just the beginnings of, it is the continuation of what Obama started. And Biden is going to take us that next step. Here's the thing. If Biden takes us the next step, who replaces Biden and how big of a step does that person take? I would love to see a populist uprising. I would love to see a populist uh, president like Trump again. It doesn't have to be Trump. You know, I, I would love to see Ron DeSantis. Uh, but if we don't have that kind of a figurehead that spearheads the way through for the rest of us, then we're really going to be lost in our own politics, and we're going to allow the elite, which is on the right and the left, uh, to take a hold of our political system, and we're never going to get it back, if we get it back anyways. I mean, we already saw what they did at Trump. Just think of what they have in line stored for the next guy or gal. Who knows? All I can tell you is that if we don't start preparing now, it will be too late. And all these things that we talk about preparation, folks, listen, you don't have to buy the latest and greatest. You don't have to buy the most expensive. You don't have to get the Gucciest products out there that are being sold by everyone who is a Navy SEAL and under. What you need to do is you need to have the basic elements of survival. And when we talk about the basic elements of survival, I'm not talking about bushcrafting. I'm not talking about being able to make fire and shelter have a cordage and a cutting tool. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about survival for this economy. There are a few things you need to actually keep on hand. 
you need to keep cash on hand. It would behoove of you to keep change on hand. And if you have a little bit of gold and silver on hand, okay? People, people, Dave, and you know this, they go back and forth on gold and silver. Like, well, what can I really do with it? I can't just take an ounce of gold and go to the grocery store and buy food with it. Well, maybe, maybe not. You never know. But you can also take it down to the guy who's selling gold and silver, and you can get cash right out of from there from it if you are in a pinch, if you're in a bind. But what you need to do is you need to have actual currency. Crypto, and this is just me from a survival standpoint speaking, is not a valuable form of currency when everything goes to hell. When you can't get to an ATM, when you can't get on the internet, what's the point in crypto? All right. Now, I'm not saying don't do crypto. I have crypto. But it is one of those tertiary things that I have that's in the background if I ever need to tap into it, if the economy's still good. We're talking about the economy not being very good here soon. I mean, we're, we're probably like close to $50 trillion in debt at this point with this country if you really add everything up. And Biden's only making it worse. Soon we'll have the driving tax, so there's another tax for you. You know, pretty soon all gas around the country will be $3 or more. I mean, whenever I was in Montana recently, it was almost $4. So you got to understand that as everything is everything is skyrocketing in their prices and we have you know ships off the coast of uh, California that's not even being allowed to dock with all this goods and produce that has all this uh, stuff that our, our facilities are needing to mass produce equipment that America buys everything that's in stock is going to go up in price or it's going to go out of stock right now crutches are going out of stock Hospitals are having a hard time supplying crutches. So, you know, maybe you can go out and whittle you some wood and make you your own crutch like they did back in the day. But, you know, when, when crutches are getting out of stock, Dave, we're having other problems. But listen, cash on hand, food. We've talked about food to the point that we're blue in the face. Have a form of food. You can either buy the food from Dave. You can buy the food from, from Steve. You can buy the food from someone else. You can go out to anywhere and buy food but have food have a decent amount of food and whenever I was in DHS you know for hurricane season they would say hey make sure you have two weeks of food and water and your batteries on hand make sure you have a family plan so make sure you have your diapers your formula make sure you have your medicine make sure you have food and water to last an extended period of time past two weeks well then it turned to six months it's more likely, and you know, when me and Bob Griswold recently talked about this, it really is more of a year or two worth of food. That may be hard for some people to calculate how many calories a day you need. I will tell you this. When prophecy hits the fan, you're either going to be hunkered down or you're going to be moving. If you are moving at the pace that some of us think you will be, you could be force marching close to the same way that the Roman legionnaires used to, which is about a standard 20 miles a day, just to get to your bug out location. Now, if traffic is jammed up and you can't go anywhere, you're gonna end up having to walk or ride a horse. Well, you're gonna do something, but you're gonna end up walking a lot. A couple thousand years ago, the average calorie intake for the Roman soldier was 3,000 calories a day for the average fighting Roman soldier. 
if you look at what they try to say that the average, you know, calorie or caloric intake for a person in America today is, they're saying it's like, you know, 1,500, but in the military, it's still around 2,500. That's why the MREs are 2,000 calories. I'm telling you right now, 2,000 calories sounds like a lot. It's not. It's, it's not a lot whenever you start moving. And make sure you have your water and medical supplies. All right, so there, we've hit it. Have cash on hand, have your food, have your water, and your ability to purify that water, and keep your medical supplies up to date and on hand. Dave, we'll give it back to you. Well, how do you uh, keep your medical supply up to date when you can only get 90 days? Well, for the average staple medical supply, I'm talking about like your Tylenol, your ibuprofen, your cough syrup, your uh, Alchi and Bobo medical kit, that's the kind of stuff that you can at least keep an eye on for uh, keeping up to date. Yeah, the that's thing true. That spools of, but I'm talking prescription, spools, prescription medication. You're going to have to go to a doctor who will allow you to get a couple months worth. That's it. I mean, that's the, the way America has screwed itself over with the medical practices now. You cannot stock up for six months to a year for your medical supplies. The worst of this that's going to be afflicted are going to be those who have insulin. All right. When things break down and you don't have the ability to transfer goods from one part of the country to the other and you don't have the ability to refrigerate goods for very long because you know, eventually the generators are going to run out of gas and now you're having to find different means to take something as precious as insulin and keep it in a place that's very cold that's going to be really hard in certain climates and there's a shelf that shelf life actually is a half life so the warmer it gets for that insulin, the faster it breaks down and it becomes useless. Uh, those are going to be the people that's going to be severely affected. People on any type of heart medication, like my father. My father's on uh, two or three different types of heart medication. <laughs> you know, the, it it is heartbreaking to watch the amount of medicine that we have in this country at every other corner and it's not being distributed properly, and you're having to pay through the nose just to get it. Years ago when I was on the border, I remember stopping a Cuban uh, refugee, and he had an asthma inhaler on him. And uh, we were conversating, and I asked him how much his asthma inhaler was in Cuba. He told me it was 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Here in America, that could be a couple hundred dollars to a thousand dollars. So... We are we are purposely uh, purposely making everything more expensive, and we're hoarding the medicine. I know in California, I have a buddy of mine that's out in California. He's the uh, the teams that we were on. Um, he tried to get ivermectin, and he wanted to have ivermectin on hand, so he went to three or four different do- uh, drug stores after getting a doctor's approval. He got a doctor's approval to buy it, and three or four of these different drugstores denied him. And I'm talking about Walgreens and CVS. 
and then he had to go to two, you know, mom and pop places. They all denied him. He ended up having to go to another state to fill his prescription. So if ivermectin is available and it's on hand, why are we not distributing it? Oh, by the way, for the the bottle fill that he had was like 60 tabs. It was about $15. So if $15 is proven to save someone's life from something like COVID, what are we really doing here, Dave? The, the, the people who run this country, like Fauci, uh, who run it into the ground, are purposely making it harder for Americans to get the medication that they need, and it's killing Americans. I, it, it, that's, that just is what it is. There's no other way around it. There's no nice way to put it. We have the means and ability to save people, and we're not doing it as a nation. Well, can I argue with what you're saying? Absolutely not. Uh, we can't, but i, I, I got to tell you, people need to try to stockpile their medicines. That, that was my point for asking the question. But I wanted to get into, um, um, as I look at my notes here, here we go. Um, if you were to look at these issues today, Doug, um, what would be next on your priority list that we should deal with? Next that I see coming is a... I see a populist uprising coming, especially in America. We see it happening in certain parts of Victoria, Australia, uh, where even their government has started to arrest their own government officials, and law enforcement is standing down and not affecting protesters now. So, hey, that's a good one. I think it was in France where the police even took off the uniforms and marched with the protesters. We're seeing the populist uprising. The elite cannot allow that to happen. you got to understand that when they really start to demand that you either show up with your vaccine cards or you're fired, you're going to see mass protests. Mass protests always equates chaos. Within this little realm of chaos, there are going to be bad actors. You're going to have a certain amount of actors that are within that that are going to be obviously government-led. Hello, FBI, talking to you. You're going to have people like Antifa, and then you're going to have your crazies, and then you're going to have your extremists. Okay, so within these four categories, someone is always leading the other three by the nose. And I'm going to go ahead and just let you guess what three-letter alphabet that's been lately. But what we're going to see is mass protests. And if we don't, it's a damn shame because we should see mass protests. Everything that we saw in 2020 – I'm not saying should be replicated in 2021, but that level of amount of people pissed off and protesting should be happening now. It shouldn't have happened last year whenever we had a presidential election. It should be happening now when this president is tearing this country down. It's, I mean, it's, just, it's only October. This guy hasn't been here a year yet, and he's, he's managed to take America back to the mid-1800s. So that's what I see, because with, with, with these shortages from factory workers, from law enforcement, from firefighters, 
from all your different first responders to your school teachers. How about the, the unsung heroes of the country, the construction workers? When you don't have these people going out to work anymore, you don't have them in the oil field and the oil refineries anymore, when you don't have them on the highways anymore, when they're not building uh, the buildings anymore, reconstruction on bridges, what are you going to do about it? You're eventually going to let people work or you're not going to let people work. It's either going to fail like it did in New York where you have this huge COVID mandate and then nobody even really does anything about it, or people are going to get pressured from the top and heads will start to roll from the corporations. And once that starts, then everybody's boss is going to get affected and say, well, now I have to make sure that my guys come in with a COVID vaccine card or I'm going to lose my job. Uh, I know in uh, a couple different oil industries right now where that's happening, where you had to go out, you had to go get your vaccine, which still really isn't even approved yet from the FDA, uh, before you could go back to the refineries or before you could go back to the pipelines for a safe environment. So that's something that I see coming as a, a populist rising. I see mass protests happening from this, and I think we should have mass protesting for this. Um, you know what's happened the last time we had a protest? Antifa infiltrated it, led people to break the law by trespassing, and then the Capitol Police conspired with Antifa to facilitate all this. Don't you think they'll do the same kind of sabotage with any kind of uprising? Dave, you there? Yeah, yeah, you can't hear me? Hello? Hello? Wow. Can you hear me now? Hello? I got you now. Wow, that was weird. I just totally cut out here. I'm, I, 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 I tried to ask you the same question twice. <laughs> Let me try again. That was strange. How long did, I, did the sound blank out? About 30 seconds. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, here's what I was Not trying like to ask. Not like this hasn't happened before. No, this has happened before. Yeah, it's ha even happened on our TV. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what I was going to ask, what I was saying was, with the last time we had a mass protest, and it was peaceful, uh, they, I like how they call it an insurrection on January 6th. Somehow that insurrection, they forgot to bring the guns. So much for it being an insurrection. But you had Antifa that led people to, to cross boundaries they shouldn't have crossed. And, of course, the Capitol Police facilitated this not to mention participated in the murder of Ashley Babbitt. And um, don't you think that the same thing is going to happen again as people start to rise up? They're going to be infiltrated by these leftist forces that are going to criminalize them, demonize them, and, and then all hell is going to break loose for enforcement? I would just go ahead and put it out there that any group that is showing up with some sort of an agenda has bad actors in it already. Mm -hmm. They have somebody that's in there that's doing, you know, some sort of surveillance on them. Either it's going to be uh, people from the left that are there trying to gather uh, information and trying to disrupt it, or it's going to be other entities that I'll leave alone. And what I see and what I've seen before is that you will have a, a peaceful protest, and a lot of times it's always, you know, Trump-related. And... They'll be out there, they'll be protesting for Trump, and then you'll have these, you know, couple, three or four random guys that want to start fights with anyone, 
anyone and everyone that shows up or they start shouting the most loud and obnoxious, craziest stuff, those are the guys you need to throw out immediately. They do not belong here, okay? Once again, I don't go to protests. I don't participate in protests just because of what I know. And I've seen this before. I, and I've seen people do it. Uh, it was a few years ago in Portland. It was probably about four years ago in Portland where we had you know, a, a good amount of people turned out. And then you had the left versus the right, and they're facing off, and we're in the middle. And uh, all of a sudden you have fights break out on the right. And that's because Antifa had infiltrated into it. And that's what they do. That's what they like to do. Uh, luckily, it seems like Black Lives Matter and Antifa have had a divorce. And Black Lives Matter has wanted to take the more traditional protesting, obnoxious route rather than uh, the brutality side that Antifa wants. So that's a good thing. But could I see a, a second January 6th event happening? I think you could easily stage one, like what was staged on January 6th. I think you could easily see that happen again. But, Dave, there was one several months ago in Oklahoma where about 40 members of Antifa came into the Capitol building in Oklahoma, unannounced, uninvited, disrupted everything, were throwing around all kinds of threats, and were politely escorted off the premises. No arrests. FBI didn't, you know, airdrop from a thousand feet onto their roofs to snatch them up. It's it's rules for thee, but not for me. If you have enough people on the streets, they can't do anything about it. Trust me, I've been there and I've seen it. There's nothing we can do about it. We can only contain. Uh, but if you have enough people in the streets that are out there that are protesting at the capitals, that are protesting at wherever they need to protest at. Uh, you know, trying to demand workers' rights back, I completely support that because you're they're killing the industry of America right now. And if we don't stand up and do something about it, there won't be an industry in America. Okay, that's um, to me, I don't go to protests. I'm, I'm with you. Too many things can go wrong. And I will tell you this, we're headed for a Kent State, only it's not going to be four college kids shot and killed. It could be 4,000 people murdered. And um, I, I see this, definitely, this government is setting us up to rebel. I think they're pushing us to rebel. And I think they're going to yep. bring the clamps down hard. I've even heard, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but I've even heard that this administration has had closed-door talks that have leaked out about criminalizing things like food storage. Do you know anything about that? Well, that's what Obama tried doing. So a lot of things that we're seeing now is just stuff that they, he's you know digging back up from Obama. But it was, uh, it was probably 2013, 2014, whenever I think it was ATF raided a, a doomsday preppers compound. You know, whatever whatever reason that they did it for, the fact that there was several different times within one year, within a span of months, where we heard of prepping communities and prepping compounds, these these militaristic words uh, that were being hit by law enforcement, and for what? Because mom and pop 
believed something a little crazy and they hoarded a little bit too much food, or was there another reason for it? I don't know all the intakes for it, but I can tell you this much is that it seems to be that this government is using every militaristic term to show you, the good American people, to be the enemy, and they're using those terms against you, and they don't need an excuse. They just make up their excuse. My And my best uh, source for that is Iraq. Remember weapons of mass destruction? Oh, yeah. yeah. Babies' heads being smashed on the ground? Yeah. Hey, man, I went there three times. Trust me. I understand the lies that we all got fed, uh, but... I see this government using the same BS excuses to create whatever they need for internal conflict. Because you said it. They're pushing us into a corner knowing we're going to fight back or capitulate. They know the ones that have capitulated are wearing masks on their face. The ones who aren't, that's who they're after. And they'll use every means and every availability possible to monitor you, to keep you under their thumb, to disrupt your finances, to harass you, and eventually imprison you. And if you fight back, kill you. That's where this tyrannical government will eventually run to. Hmm. That's... What do you know about... I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this. You served under Trump... And you had the border under control for the most part. Now you look at what's going on with Mayorkas. Talk to me about Mayorkas. Who is he? What is he? What's he about? Well, we I've served obviously under a couple different DHS secretaries, uh, but the previous one, Secretary Wolf. Uh, had a very aggressive posture on the border, gave us the funding, which is a big thing, gave us the manpower, which is the next biggest thing, and gave us the freedom to do our jobs. And when you give us those things, our jobs are done. Our jobs are done faster, they're done safer, and overall, it's a much better environment. Uh, But the border was never under control. We we managed it, but it was never under control. Uh, but Mayorkas is a leftist. Uh, <laughs> he is a leftist of leftists. He, whenever he came in, the first thing he did to us was took away some of the, uh, how would I say this, some of the weapons that we use uh, for handling large crowds and basically made us have to go back to working with our hands again or working with other different types of munitions. So immediately when the man came on board, we knew he wasn't on our side. He didn't like uh, he didn't like the way we ran Portland because obviously Portland was a DHS uh, operation uh, and he hindered us extremely bad on that um, and we just kind of had to we had to adapt and overcome on that one. The border is a whole nother thing. Uh, you know, right now you have the border patrol, uh, horseback teams are all, you know, under investigation or their, the horses are temporary stalled until who knows when, uh, 
that's a great asset to have. Horses can get places four wheelers can't. Horses can get places that you know you can't on foot uh, as fast. And everything was being blown out of proportion from every Democrat. Uh, you know about the Haitians coming over and being whipped by the rains, and that's all BS, man. That's that's not what those guys are doing, you know. And and for the Democrats to say what was happening on the border and not even see it is just horrendous. But Mayorkas is the person Joe Biden would want as a DHS secretary, and I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. That that makes a lot of sense. But I see Mayorkas as an abject liar, and he doesn't even care if he gets caught in his lies. The border is under control. Um, but then he turned around the other day and admitted that 20% of the people crossing the border are sick with something. So yeah. that, it, just, it just never ends with this guy. Um, and, and I see him, well, let's put it this way. Do you believe we're going to go into concentration camps called COVID isolation camps? Well, last time I heard, they were called shield camps. Uh huh. So, uh, does the president have the legal authority to do that? Answer me that question. The answer, I'm pretty sure, is yes. Based off of a national threat. Now, remember World War II, the internment camps for the Japanese. Uh, and I believe Germans went there as well. I believe uh, American-born Germans went there as well. Uh, what we saw then would not be much different than what we would see upcoming, but I believe it's worse. Uh, because you had people that they considered to be spies in World War II uh, – in those camps now we have sick and dying people going to a camp for the sick and dying where if you weren't sick now you'll be sick and then you'll be dying so it's a convenient morgue if you ask me uh do i see them doing it i don't see uh, honestly dave i don't see this government stopping and looking at the morality uh, I don't see them stopping and praying about anything, obviously. Uh, and I don't see anything stopping them from doing what they want. What they want is to get rid of anyone who can stand in the way. They have to remove us. They can't let us all be in one place at one time and affect a decision like within a, an election year. So they have to remove us. So the real question would be, Dave, it's not are we going to the camps? It's when. When would you start putting people in, in mass internment camps? And would it be only Republicans? Would it be only people who had COVID? Or would it be a group of various different kinds of people thrown in together? These are the questions we have to answer. Because how many people went to the concentration camps? It wasn't just the Jews. It was the gypsies. It was people of color. It was homosexuals. It was people who were against uh, the government. So even pure blood Germans went. So at the end of the day, the Nazis will do whatever they have to to maintain control. And to me, 
that's I, I'm I'm pretty much just going to start calling them Nazis because that is what they what they seem to be like. And I know that term is used way too much to describe way too many people. And I really got on my soapbox the other night talking to a friend of mine about the whole definition of Nazis. If you've never done a deep dive into Nazi Germany, if you've never really seen or discovered the horrific things that they did, like if you never visited yeah. the Holocaust Museum, man, be careful when you call someone a Nazi because that is that's a whole new level. But this government, and Dave, you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. This government is taking us to the Third Reich. They are. We need to take a break here for a second. Uh, we're talking with um, Doug Thornton, and we're talking about, uh, well, we're talking about intel things, and things, and we're having our intel briefing here, and I think you're getting good insight here as to the next step that we're headed to, and I'll pin that down a little bit more as we come back. But uh, number one, you need storable food, and there's no question about it. I'm not going to go through again what I've said a million times about hyperinflation and uh, the supply chain. You, you know the details if you've been following our show. Uh, so what do you get? You get restaurant-quality food. It's not organic. We don't pretend it's organic. It's for an emergency, but it tastes good. It's balanced diet, unlike what you get when you buy at the store in bulk. You just buy what you like or what's on sale. But in terms of balanced meals, no, it doesn't exist. This is. You get $100 off the three-month emergency package, and people say, well, Dave, I want to buy a year. You buy three months, three months, three months, three months, and you pay, get the $100 off for each segment of the sale. And how do you do this? Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. Also, I'm concerned about uh, communications. And communications can go down on a moment's notice. And it's really hard to bring down a sat phone. Really hard to bring down a sat phone. Uh, if they could bring down sat phones, we wouldn't be getting communications from trapped Americans behind enemy lines, thanks to Joe Biden and uh, General Milley. But uh, we are getting those communications, and you need a sat phone too. Why? Because how are you going to communicate with family, friends, know what's going on? This uh, satellite phone that we're talking about has text capabilities, news update capabilities, as well as communication. And you go, is it expensive? No, it costs one-fourth the cost of my cell phone bill. And how do you get it? Well, you go to well the phone and call 855-980-5830. That's 855-980-5830. And then finally, the company that I went from just being an advertiser with to now a customer is Noble Gold. And they don't just deal in gold, but they deal they do gold very well. But they can help you bulletproof your assets. If you have assets to protect in the calamity that's coming, and we're all going to take hits, but if you don't want to take a catastrophic hit, you owe it to yourself to have a no-obligation, no-pressure conversation with Noble Gold. Give them a call. 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Um, Doug, where you see things are today, what would outline for us what you expect to see happen and over what period of time? Can you kind of give us the Doug Thornton projection of what we need to look out for? Sure, I'll uh, I'll pull out my crystal ball. What I see is uh... <laughs> I know that's a bad question. I do, but I, I just <laughs> but but we do have these schemas we create in our minds that gee, it's starting to look like this or that. But we also know there's variables involved that can change things. I get that. But where is your mind at right now in terms of? 
hey, this is on my radar, and this is what I'm worried about, and this is what I think is coming next, and so forth. So I, I take things like this very literally, and I always look back at history. Uh, I'm not a the sky is falling kind of guy. I, I, I don't freak out about every little asteroid coming towards the world. But what I do see is what I do see is a new element of a Nazi-style Germany being rebuilt in America right now. It's going to take a matter of years. It's not going to be overnight. You have to slowly get people in place. You have to slowly start changing uh, the way children think. And you have to project, you know, these projections, forecast projections for events like this, they take a while to get in effect, to get the policies, to get approved. You know, if your policies can't get approved, we got to wait for these guys to get, you know, voted out and someone else voted in, our guy voted in. Um, so what I see is within the next, I give it two to three years, we're probably not going to be the number one economy in the world. If we're not the number one economy in the world, China will challenge us militarily. If China challenges us militarily and Russia jumps on with them and then the BRICS nation actually tries to advance upon the world, America will not be able to fight it. I think we would have to give it up. We'd have to take the punches and we will then be knocked down several levels low on the world economic form and uh, we're going to hurt really bad that's economically everything is based off of economics right now politics and economics drives war uh, if we get to the point that we cannot maintain the petrol dollar there will be military conflicts breaking out probably South China Sea, probably Africa probably a couple places in the Middle East and South America probably here in America as well, and we'll have conflicts. We won't have war. We will then be overtaken by China, by Russia, and at that point in time, that's when the real, quote-unquote, civil war would start because that's when I would think it would start because when our economy collapses and the dollar isn't worth anything, you put a pressure Think of a pressure pot building and building and building. You put that, that continuation of pressure on the economy, the bubble bursts, you can't get a loan anymore, or you're, you're you know, forced to sell your home, you lose your job. A chicken is worth $20 at the grocery store now. It's $10 for a gallon of gas. People cannot sustain that with this economy. People aren't even going to work anymore. And whenever you do go to work, you will take whatever wages is given. Oh, by the way, you'll take the vaccine as well, or you won't work. So all those things will build up for that it's eventual point when Americans say, we're not putting up with this crap anymore, and you're going to start seeing guerrilla-like warfare happening in America. It's, it, this, is, this is something that is re-replicated throughout the world, throughout history. America has done it two or three times already within itself, and we're not far now from seeing a true communist 
uprise in America that is almost eclipsing a populist uprise. The only difference between the populist uprise and the communist uprise, and it is a big difference, is the communist uprise are the government. They have everything that the populace doesn't have. Sure, we have the population. We have you know 300 million people on our side. And the government, when you look at it at a population size, to include the military, is not very big. But when you control infrastructure, when you control the economy, when you control the lights, when you control the food, and you control the, the military, you don't have to have that many people because you control what makes this country function. I think within two or three years, if we do not correct ourselves with our economy, that's where we will be. And, Dave, that's why we talk about the food. That's why we talk about the water. That's why we talk about the medicines. It's not preparing for tomorrow. It's not the doomsday prepper blackout shows on Discovery Channel. It's for the eventuality that communism takes a long time to be put into effect. It's been here since about the 50s or 60s. It's only now really coming out because they know now they're strong enough to come out. They have enough people on their side in the younger generation. And also a lot of people in the older generation just don't care anymore. It's not affecting them. And you have COVID, the greatest of all greats, COVID, which is the trump of all trump cards. Your laws, your Bill of Rights, your Constitution doesn't mean anything. Might as well just be pieces of paper flapping in the wind because COVID. So if we continue down this process, and I, I've said this, Dave, for years now, and you know that, everything is event-driven. We're going to see more events happen. I don't know what events that would be, uh, but we will eventually have a true internal conflict where you'll have one group versus another group, and it will be a true ballistic fight, and it'll look like somewhere south of the border, and it's going to keep getting worse from there if we don't straighten this out. Funny enough, that projection falls in line with two different elections, the election for Congress, Senate, and then for the presidential election. Because if we get another leftist, it will be the next extreme, right? Joe Biden wasn't the extremist. He only appears to be extreme because of his handlers. The next person who gets elected will be the most extreme president, the most extreme leftist president we've ever seen, or it'll be someone else trying to emulate what Trump did. Wow. You're pretty sure about this scenario, aren't you? I only run it back as the what history shows me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I agree. That's a good you know, that's a good starting point. It really is. Um, what do you see for Biden's future? I, I think he's got a real limited shelf life, and I think this is why they're keeping Kamala Harris, you know, under wraps. Biden's health is failing, and I think that's obvious. His mental health is failing, and I and everybody knows that's obvious. We're being made to look like fools on the world stage. Yeah. Uh, you know, we already have our allies backing away from us. So once again, this, this buys into what I'm saying. If we have Britain who doesn't trust us anymore, and we have France who is, you know, doesn't trust us anymore, and they're pulling back their ambassadors, besides the fact they're a socialist country anyways, uh, and Canada has already gone the way of the wind, 
it would almost be perfect for the next president to be an extreme left. And I would see Kamala holding whatever rope Biden is holding on to and just, you know, lending her hand out to the next guy saying, here's the other end of the rope. Let me know when you're ready to take it. Kamala won't be a president. Kamala will be a president in place. Uh, she'll be in place for a short time. She probably won't get very many things passed. Uh, it probably won't be very controversial, and they'll make her up to be all this woman of the year and the first woman president, blah, 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 blah. No one cares. Uh, because we all know that she was not elected. She was selected. She was selected for a purpose. That purpose probably is she is able to, I would say, bite her tongue and ride the wave out until the next guy gets elected. You couldn't have done that with Hillary. If Hillary was the vice president and something happened to Biden and Hillary became president, she is queen on earth. She would not relinquish the reins of this kingdom, of the empire, to anybody. Kamala will. That's why Kamala is the vice president. Hmm. You wonder who are they going to put in as vice president? Do you have a guess on that? I really don't. I really don't know. Um, she can select anybody. It won't so, be her choice. I mean, we know that. No, no, it won't be. Uh, but it would. It would obviously be a, a leftist uh, or maybe a centrist. Uh, whoever would be the vice president. Probably someone from uh, an SES style position, uh -huh. yeah. or uh, or someone that's you know some unknown who cares uh, Democrat, but it won't be anyone who will really affect anything. Uh, Kamala is just there to hold everything together until the next presidential election. How about Hillary as a vice president? Yeah, I don't think I don't think they would. I think Hillary's time is up. I think the elite have done what they needed with her. Uh, and honestly, this is the way I see it, all right? And this is just me. They don't need another Adolf Hitler, which is what Hillary would have been. They need a smoozer. They need someone that is as antichrist as possible that can come in and can smooth everything over and kind of like a Justin Trudeau, but not as much as a pompous ass about it, and smooth everything over and start just passing every bill that the Democrats have and hits you coming out of nowhere. I would say Barack Obama would have been the best, the best choice. It'll be someone who's Barack Obama-like. Uh, he was definitely the poster child of what the Democrats want as a president, but for whatever reason, their plans weren't ready then. I think the plans for the Democrats, for the leftists, for the elitists, I hate using this word Democrat because it's Republican and Democrat, uh, they're ready for whatever is going to happen now. They have their guy picked, and it's a guy. It's not going to be a woman. And I'm not basing this off of uh, Revelation. I'm not basing this off the Antichrist. I'm telling you right now, it will be a man. That's the way that they need this to happen, because the next person who becomes president will be the president 
of what I believe is the second civil war of America. Hmm. Those are some pretty grim predictions. One last question here. Um, when you look at inside the ranks of DHS, I got to believe with all the veterans they hired um, under Wolf, I got to believe that Mayorkas can't control this agency for much longer. Uh you know, that's that's a hard question because everyone is their own individual. And, I, you know, I've been there. I've done the job. You, When you get paid really well and you have really good benefits, sometimes you just keep your head low and hope that the politics will pass. It also, you know, comes down to people's personal beliefs. Uh, but the large amount of veterans that are there will eventually either roll with it well, they're going to have to go against it. They're going to find that ethical decision in the road where either I can no longer support what's happening and I have to make a change in my life or I'm going to ignore this and I'm going to ignore everything that happens and I'm just going to do my job. Eventually, that's going to be a very dangerous statement for some people to say, I was just doing my job. History is not kind to those people. This is why I'm telling you, Millie... And company better be careful because if there's a change of fortunes of who's running this country, Millie will get executed for treason. Uh, Susan Rice and Obama will be persecuted for treason. I think they're all in a lot of trouble, and I think they know it, and I think this is going to increase their desperation level. Yeah. I, I mean, everything you just said is our laws that are on the books. They can happen. Uh, however... You and I and everyone else who's listening, uh, we all see the politics and we see how many of the leftists are really in charge of the government, and it's the vast majority. And I will tell you, it is the vast majority of the left is in charge of this government. And that should scare the hell out of everybody, because that means that there is no wiggle room. That means there's no compromise. That means you either take the shot in the arm or you're fired when you were given that option quit I'm telling you right now quit because if they tell you take the shot it's good for you we know what we're talking about or you're fired then the shot was never good for you they never knew what they were talking about and I would really want to know what's in that well, that's a bunch of BS because I'll tell you this Doug if it was good for you doctors and nurses wouldn't be speaking up in the volume that they are when you have 60 to 70% of hospitals saying, screw you, we're not taking this. Yep. That's, I mean, these are the people who are in a position to know. We're not talking librarians refusing or accountants refusing. We're talking medical people that are saying this is BS. Doug, we're out of time. Yep. And uh, I want to thank everybody for joining the Doug and Dave Intel Report. And we're going to do this on a weekly basis. And we're going to get into some real sensitive topics. But, Doug, thanks so much for joining us. Everybody else, we'll see you back here next time. Take care. Thanks, Dave.